Life Audio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to my show, Billy and the Goat. Today, we're starting our interviews. My first guest is my favorite mama. I only got one mama. My favorite, my favorite, favorite mama. I couldn't wait for this. This time, this experience is interview. I have my mom, Reverend Dr. Jean Robinson Casey. Our show is all about overcoming life's challenges, overcoming adversity. Adversity. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. But first, before we start our conversation, let me read about my mama. She is a native of Richmond, Virginia. She is the Reverend Jean Robinson Casey. Reverend Dr. Jean Robinson Casey was educated in the public school system in Richmond, Virginia. She graduated from the District of Columbia Teachers College with a Bachelor's of Science degree in early childhood education. For 10 years, Reverend Robinson Casey taught in the District of Columbia public school system. She also served 10 years as the public relations director at the Duke Ellington School of the Arts. She became a Christian at an early age. After relocating to the Washington, D.C. area, she joined the Mount Sinai Baptist Church and served in various ministries. In 1998, Reverend Casey was licensed for the gospel ministry and ordained in 1999 by the University Baptist Church in College Park, Maryland, under the pastorate of Reverend John Burns. She attended Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C., where she received a Master of Divinity degree and went on to receive her Doctorate of Ministry in May 2008. Reverend Casey served as associate pastor of University Baptist Church after her graduation until June 2006. She was called in May 2006 to pastor the Martin Luther King Jr. Christian Church in Reston, Virginia. She had married to Reverend Clyde Raymond Casey, formerly of Alexandria, Virginia, and she has been blessed with one son, her favorite son, the magnificent me, William Manny Yancey. Mom, welcome to the show. So happy Thank to have you. Thank you for having me. What's interesting is <clears throat> my f- last show, last week's show, talked about your daddy, my grandfather. That's interesting. It's funny how this stuff works out. 
But first of all, I'd like to find, what I'd like to know for our listeners to know is how how you came to being called. How were you called to ministry? How did how did that how did that happen? Is it something that you wanted to do all your life? Did you know you were going to be a minister, a pastor? How did that how did that happen? How did that work out? Well, now that's a very interesting question. When someone has to their call, it's not like a thunderbolt comes in and hits you on your head. Generally, it's life's accumulation of activities and obstacles. And so my my call, basically, as it was cumulative, came through struggles, low self-esteem, and and going out to in the world to find out what my parents had always taught me was not best for me. Mm-hmm. So I came through hitting my head against the wall, struggles and onerous, onerous difficulties in my life. So you learned the hard way. I learned the very hard way. <laughs> I think I think I got that from you, Pastor. I hate to say. <laughs> so with when you faced these struggles, when you faced these adversities before you were ordained, before you knew, you know, spirituality as you do today, how did you face adversity before is my question. Like, how, how does it compare to, to now? Does that make sense? Well, I guess I could start with what my main struggle in life was and tell you how I managed to evolve. I managed to evolve. My main struggle in life was being born in a family of high achievers. I had a brother who was the first national anchorman, first African-American national anchorman. had another brother who was a Harvard-trained attorney and who founded his own trans-African lobbyists for West Indian and African countries and, and then had a sister that looked nothing like me. She, she had more Caucasian features than mine a more Negroid. And so it, it was a struggle. My cousins were doctors and, and lawyers and it was a struggle for me to try to fit in. I, I just didn't know where I, I fit in or could fit in. So I sought for, sought love in all the wrong places. I, I used Billy, who is my son, to achieve pursuits that I didn't think I, I could achieve. And after going through what my husband Clyde and I talk about, have, having introduced ourselves to a lot of frogs, it took quite a few years before we found our, our prince and princess. And, Understood. And, and so I had a very difficult time until I... And the blessing was that my parents had given me wonderful spiritual values, wonderful moral values. I was raised in church and was there six to seven days a week. And so... Once I came upon the struggles and went through, on the other side of through, I was able to crawl back to my spiritual moral value. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I'm 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 still on two things. One, six or seven days of church. That's a lot of church, Pastor. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of church, but my mother was very involved in church. In fact, my mother would have been the pastor if uh, in her time. When I came in, I basically was the pioneer. They didn't have too many in my denomination of faith. They didn't have too many women. Mm-hmm. Didn't have too many women. And so, and so, and so, when I came in, I had to recognize that I did get a lot of my, a lot of my gifts from my mother and how she had worked in the church and had been the head of the Board of Christian Education or the head of the missionary organization. So she gave me a lot of her skills. But in her era of time, someone born in 1913, in my denomination, she was not accepted. She went out and did public speaking, and then she left her her nugget of wisdom to me. Understood. Well, Grandma, your mother, that's not a bad person to learn from. Not at all. <laughs> and, and, now, I had wonderful parents. Wonderful parents. They they were not financially well off, but they mm-hmm. were full of wisdom, full of nuggets that 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 my siblings and I built our lives upon. Even when we we went and 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 got off base, we mm-hmm. still did those well because well, of them. Our lives Grandma. well because of them. I remember Grandma disciplined me for saying a bad word, and she washed my mouth out with soap. And that only, that only, that, that only took one time. That only took one time. But I, I do remember, you know, I remember growing up being intimidated, you know, by our family and being just, I was, for the longest time, I was trying to find myself, you know, when we have so much success from granddaddy to grandma to her kids you know Uncle Max Uncle Randall Aunt Jewel you everyone is so accomplished and successful and for me it just seemed like life was just going to be uphill I don't know what I'm going to do so I guess what I'm saying is I can relate to to what you were what troubled you you know, as 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 a as a child and as 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 a as a teenager, as a young as a young. My next question: Who or what is your go-to to help you navigate out of stress, fear, or frustration? Is there who's your go-to? You know, I don't think that that you can. I can list any one person that did it. Uh, for me that was my go-to person. The first person that I would name would be my husband, Reverend Clyde Casey who I met 30 years ago and the reason I, I, I am so grateful to is because when I was about to accept my call to ministry I felt God's call upon my life we had just married we had just married I was a school teacher and like he likes to say, we were making it on one salary. I mean, making it, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, on two salaries. And mm-hmm. and so he said, when I came to him to say, I have a call upon my life, he had a close connection with 
Christ himself. So he said he knew that he could not turn away from me saying that I had a call on my life. But he knew it would not be easy. He knew it would be a difficult journey for us taking a tired salary out of our budget. That's tough. Because sometimes people think that uh, seminary is free, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Seminary is Mm -hmm. just like any other university education. It is very expensive. Right. And when I told him that I felt called and someone had told me to seek out Wesley Theological Seminary, he said, God called you and God will sustain us. Wow. And there is nothing that we can do but honor God's call. When I first went to seminary, my very first week, I came home and told Clyde, my husband, I'm not going back there. (laughs) There's nowhere in the world I'm going back in there with those people. Those people are of another planet. They're crazy. They're talking hegemony, hermeneutics, eschatological, territoriology, eschatological. What are they talking about? It was a language that was very foreign to me. And I'm sure that that Clyde thought, well, my God, she's given up her good school teaching job. And now she said she's going to drop out of seminary. But the first thing that God impressed upon him, God's spirit came into him and said, let's get on our knees and pray. And when we got on our knees and we prayed and I walked back through the fear. You don't allow fear to paralyze you. You walk through the fear. I walked back through the fear and where it takes some people or took some people 67 years to complete seminary. It took me just three full-time years which was which was great it was a a great feat had been accomplished for my life that are truly a blessing to me my cousin Dr. Brenda Wall who is very spiritual in her own pursuit she's a clinical psychologist and whenever I need someone she is always here right Uh, Clyde and I in our in our Marriage. We've had five cancers between the two of us. And whenever we've had to have a surgery, Clyde calls Brenda, and Brenda hops on the plane, and she's always here. We have had great support systems in our lives. God has really blessed you. We have friends that even when I was in seminary, he would come up to me, owns a pest control company. And he would see me and he would say, well, Jeannie, how are you making it? And I said, well, it's a struggle, but I'm making it. And he would send over thousands of dollars to us to pay our mortgage. Well, obviously God certainly had his hand all over this, over this. And uh, I think what's most, what stands out to me is where you started. The fact that you had... Clyde's Reverend Clyde's support you know because it could have gone I mean how many times have you heard about situations in relationships where there's a disagreement someone doesn't is not supportive of the other 
you know, if you didn't have class support, it could have been a totally different outcome scenario, you know? Well, that that is true. That is so very true. But what like we we like to say, both of us like to say, God doesn't take you where God will not sustain you. Amen. If God calls you there, God's not gonna drop you. Right. God's gonna give you everything you need to support the calling. That's it. What does he say? Class says, God doesn't say sight. You say, God doesn't say sight. God doesn't say sight. (laughs) God doesn't say sight. So, you know, I guess we have your go-to now, other than God and the Holy Spirit and Clyde and and Cousin Brenda. As a pastor, what are the most shocking aspects of life, of being a pastor? Are there any things that you didn't foresee, like going into it? I understand you after you decided you wanted to be a pastor. That's one thing. But is there anything that really kind of caught you off guard being, I guess, you know? All along the journey, you find aspects that are shocking to you all along the journey. For me, a shocking aspect of the journey is that it's a lonely journey. It's a lonely journey. God has surrounded me by faithful people like my husband and my cousin and a few other people, other other clergy people. However, a lot of people don't want to be close friends with pastors. You know, they, 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 what? Clyde <laughs> likes to say, and I talk a lot about Clyde because he is my right mm-hmm. hand. He is my partner. Yeah. He's my best friend. Absolutely. But Clyde likes to say that, like, Fourth of July, everybody's celebrating. He said, you know, that's a, a, a holiday, to, holiday brought to you by Budweiser. So basically, nobody, <laughs> nobody invites you to the, the church. I mean, not the church, to the cookout or the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the they, festivities. They can't, uh, they can't, they can't, they can't get buck wild in front of pastor. Pastor got to go. <laughs> get crazy, carry it on. Uh-uh, you got to go, pastor. Yeah. So I think it's a lonely journey. I think for a woman, a woman. It is even even lonelier. All right. For women, it's still a newness to ordaining a woman. There's still some mm-hmm. denomination. Mm-hmm. Catholics, if they are Christian, they do not ordain women. And other denominations will not ordain women. And so for the few that there are in ministry, compared, mm-hmm. comparatively speaking, to the male. Mm-hmm. It can be like crabs in a barrel where, where you are pulling the other yep. one down so that you mm-hmm. can reach the top. It, compet- it can be competitive and it, and it can be supportive of, of those that look like you. Mm-hmm. And you already have struggles with a group of men who don't want you there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not an easy journey. And at the beginning of this journey, it was very difficult because God sent me to European American church, That's and right. I and I. What church was that? Racism, racism abounded, you know. But but I, I say also, Sir Sir Kuragog says, who was a Danish philosopher. Mm-hmm. 
Soren Kierkegaard says you live forward and understand backward. So once I got into ministry and was called to the European American church, I realized God had given me some nuggets, some skills, some values because I taught in a European American school. So that was a foundation that I had to build upon. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I mean, it was a job. It was a journey just just becoming, learning to become a pastor in itself. The responsibilities, the job, the steps... And then on top of that, being a woman, I mean, that, that alone. <clears throat> wow. I'm proud of you, Mama. I'd also like to say that in my family, as much as they frightened me, as much as I felt like I could not feel their shoes, to the point mm-hmm. that I wanted you, my son, to establish some pursuits that I could not reach, I felt. Mm-hmm. I knew that my family had a strong foundational background because almost each and every one of us are first. Right. My sister was the first wow. African-American at Goucher School. Mm-hmm. My brother was the first <clears throat> national African-American national anchorman. My other brother was one of the first at Harvard African-American at Harvard Law School so much to the point when he was in the library studying a custodian came in there and told him boy you need to get out of here you're not allowed to be in this library so I, I understood the first and I understood and saw the obstacles that they jumped over right and so so it was helpful for me even though I, I it was frightening even though I didn't think for a while I could do it I had seen others before me do it recognized I had a brain also 
and could use Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if they can, you can. And once you had your feet under you, you were off to the races. Now, what I want to know is when was having the faith of a mustard seed like real to you? You know, you know, faith, I understand faith is faith. And sometimes faith is hard, especially when it's really, really stressful. What would you say gave you the most amount of stress when you had the least amount of faith? Well, there or, are occasions there also. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, it was seminary. And God, you know, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe that God oh. left God's Spirit for us to use. And I believe mm-hmm. it was infused within us. Mm-hmm. And so going through the journey in seminary, I believe God's spirit got me through those exams because they were hard. Right. I believe God's spirit got me through the language imbalance and how mm-hmm. I could learn the spiritual language. I believe God's spirit got me through seminary and especially Wesley Theological Seminary because God's Spirit told me because you have low self-esteem because you don't feel so well about yourself because you think you're the dumbest Robinson this is what we're going to do Mm. don't go to an HBCU I don't want you to go there because you might be able to feel like you can achieve there I'm going to send you to a European American seminary mm-hmm. where you really don't feel good about it. <laughs> and there I'm going to show you that you can do that. And if you can do that, you can do anything. Absolutely. And so that was a major focus. My faith development. Even before then, I, I did not fly. I, st- I, did, I think I flew one That's time right. and then That's stopped. Right. It, it, it just flying. didn't. That's My right. father had said, if God wanted you to fly, he would have given you wings. <laughs> My father never flew. Well, this is the same person that didn't drive. Didn't, granddaddy, he didn't have a, he didn't have a license. <laughs> he had a fear of speed and he had a fear of flying and infused that deeply within me. Wow. A, a very smart man, I must say. However, he picked oh, yeah. up those peculiarities. Right. And so I, I, I flew class. My husband is one who is very gentle and very kind and very supportive. Mm-hmm. And so if I said you're going too fast in the car, he immediately slows down and says, not a problem, not a problem to assuage my my difficulty. Now when he gets on the plane and I'm nervous with the turbulence, I, I look over and he's asleep. But, <laughs> That's it. But, That's it. But more, more than anything, he is a very comforting, loving, supportive husband. That really helped me and my faith also. Right. Right. He has had five cancers. My husband has had liver cancer, stomach cancer, prostate cancer. Liver came back again, so he had six cancers. 
We've had six wow. cancers. And I've had breast cancer and then resurfaced in the lymph nodes. So we've had six cancers. I, I, I think that cancer is a bummer. It's a real bummer. <laughs> but when you have faith, when you have developed your faith, when the seeds have been sown of God's blessing into your life, mm-hmm. you can get through the can. There was a scripture. There was a scripture. I remember <clears throat> when you were battling through the first bout. There was a scripture that you well, you held on to. There was one. I don't remember which one it was. Which do you know what I'm talking about? Which which scripture that was so was it Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That may have been it. But it may have been it. I know that you I know that you recited that daily, several times a day throughout the you know. So the faith that you had along with the faith that Clyde had and that you all have and you add that to family and friends and MLK Church and you know everybody I mean that's a whole lot of faith to battle a whole lot of fear and yeah thank you for sharing that are you able to maintain a good career family balance between home life and pastor life well sometimes it gets difficult I'm not going to say that it is not difficult right however when God gives you an assignment God is always there to support God asked me to pastor this church and I'm sure assured that God asked me to pastor this church because God God wanted Clyde and myself to show them how to love. It was a church that had had some difficulty. And I think God wanted us to show them how to love. I think that was number one. And also to help them build a structure. So I'm just praying that this structure can be built and that God will give me a little rest period. However, you are always on assignment. It's not like a seven or five week job. You are always on assignment. People call me at three o'clock in the morning. People call me at four and five o'clock in the morning. They are in grief. Someone has died. I won't say that. <laughs> so in grief and I have to be there to assuage their grief that's not easy they call you always on your days off always on you don't get even when you tell them not to even when they tell you even when you tell them not to call don't call me (laughs) even when you say don't call Call. on the day off that's the day they will call wow so my regular speech to them when I'm about to go on vacation is I'm going on vacation. The head of the deacon board will know where I am. No one is to call my cell phone. I'll be in Paris. He will call you a lot of money 
it would cost you a lot of money to call me in Paris. Do not call me, or I will say, stand this. Pastor will never leave a day of vacation on the table. I will take every day of my vacation. Amen. Absolutely. You have to. You have to. So that's a big assignment. And then the other, and all the other things you do, you know, you mm. you you preach every Sunday. You do Bible study every Wednesday night. You do funerals and you do weddings yeah. and you become attached to people. And when they you do a funeral, that's even more difficult because mm. you want to cry with them, <clears throat> but yeah, you can't. And so that it, that's a huge assignment out of one's life. And then there's your family. And my right. family is very important to me. I like to say all the time that God gave me pride. God allowed me to meet a husband as illustrious and sensitive and loving as my husband. And I'm going to take care of my husband. If I don't take care of anybody else, I'm going to take care of my husband and my son. God gave me one son, one child. That's your And I'm going to take care of that child until I die. I pray that I predecease him so I don't have to go through that pain. But I'm going to take care of my husband and my right. son and other family members when I can. And we're going to take it care of you. It is a responsibility that is mm-hmm. given to you by God. And Amen. it is God's understanding that you take care of those that I have given to you. Right. And it's simple that's as a, that. You know, it's, that's a, <laughs> it's a big assignment, but I'm a pretty smart strong girl you, 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 but you carry it it's on a different level you know your responsibilities and how you carry yourself it's, it, you, you're operating on a different level your, your collateral duties are like a full time job in itself it's like you got two, it's like you have a couple of full time jobs and oh by the way you can't crack like everyone else is cracking up around you because all those stresses going on. Everyone's looking to you. Everyone's looking to the pastor for help, for support. It's, I marvel at, at you know, all that, that you're able to do and balance and still be able to do what you do. It's incredible. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Mike. With that, looking back, we're going to close on this. Are there any regrets or things you would do differently in life, career selection, your Christianity, your Christian journey, are there any things that you would have done? Differently? You know, I, 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 regrets don't work well for me. I think the regrets just anchor you down, just sort of pull you down in the quicksand. So regrets right. don't work well for me. I believe that all one's misstep one's previous difficult behavior molds you into whom you were meant to be in the first place. Amen. I believe that God has put everything 
in order as it should be. And and yes, I had some difficulties in my life, but that helps me help somebody else. Through my life experiences, I can help somebody else and maybe won't be as difficult. Through my life experiences, I've tried to share it with you, my son. Now, you might go and bump your head, but you can't <laughs> say that times. I didn't tell you not to go there and bump your head. Listen, I, I wasn't, it took me a long time to doing a couple different things. One, stop bumping my head, or at least dummy, put a helmet on. So, so when you bump your head, it's not going to hurt as much. <laughs> so now I like to think I live my life. I don't need to wear a helmet because I'm not <laughs> carrying on doing the same stupid stuff, you know. But wow, thank you, Ma. This this has been this this was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, it's always good when someone asks you to do anything. But right. when you have reached a level that someone can see your faith and someone mm-hmm. can see that you have achieved something in life, I think is it's amazing. It's a blessing. And when your children can see and try to emulate something of you and let you know that you've you've done better than you thought you would do. I have one final request. Reflecting on your journey, remembering all of the ebbs and flows throughout your life, what words of encouragement do you have for our audience? Well, as I look at my life, I would always recommend that one have a higher power. It doesn't have to be the way I view my God. I have Muslim friends, I have Jewish friends, I have friends who are from the Baha'i community that look at different prophets. However, we all need to have someone that we recognize as a higher being other than ourselves. I left my God when I was around 20, 22 years old and I decided I had been in church from Monday through Saturday sometimes with my mom and her her responsibilities, her obligations, and and we just had, had to go to church. It was no not doing that. And I just left and decided enough of this. It was a grievous mistake. It was a grievous mistake. The blessing of it all was that my parents had built such a foundation, had given me such a foundation that when I bumped my head, as many times as I bumped it, I had something to crawl back to. Then I said, to build an empowering environment around you that is spiritual that is morally supported look for that build that and then be willing to move beyond your comfort zone walk through your fear don't allow fear to paralyze you my mind were many I had fear of flying I had a fear of that I was not bright enough, so I can't get the higher degree. 
Okay. Just two. If I had not walked through the fear, if I had allowed it to paralyze me, I would have never seen the West Coast. I would have never seen Rome. I would have never seen the Caribbean. Walk through your fears, understanding that we're human, we're flesh and blood. We will have fear, but don't allow it to paralyze you. If I had allowed my my thinking on higher education to paralyze me, I wouldn't have a master's degree. I wouldn't have a doctorate degree. I wouldn't be pastoring a church. So we we let these things not paralyze us. There's so much that I have done in my life as a result of not staying stuck where I was. Right. And being willing to do some things different. Because everything I had done wasn't getting me to a, in a positive direction. So, so you have to make a decision. We know when we're going in the wrong path. We're on the wrong path. Yes. We know it. We're bright enough yes, to we know it. And we know we have to do something differently. If you do the same old thing, you get the same old result. Yes, so you have to make a decision that you were willing to live life differently. Amen. Like you always say, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Exactly. Exactly. And as a result, my God's been mighty good to me. Amen. Mighty good. Amen. Thank you for that. That'll help a lot of people. People need to hear that. They particularly need to hear that from you. You know? And and it it spirals downward. You Mm -hmm. know? It spirals downward. The things that I miss giving you, my son, I'm Mm -hmm. able now to redirect and do it and give it as well as other people in the community. And I'm receiving them. Thank you. Allow me to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much, much more. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.